The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today, the um, actually, it's interesting, next Tuesday, next show... <laughs> is the day of elections, um, and um, it's going to be quite a day. But for today, let's talk about, I don't even know, I haven't even decided what I'm going to do on the show next week during, the, I don't know if anybody's going to be listening to the, this show or, or, uh, or you know, sitting in front of the television set or the radio or, or just, you know, listening to, uh, to results pouring in, but... Let's just say one day at a time. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, quite appropriately, election stress, election stress syndrome. Why do you have it and what to do about it? Well, um, why, why do we have it? I mean, are you about ready to tear your hair out? Uh, I think all the people that I know are pretty much ready to do that. We have been... We have been <laughs> Um, bombarded with uh, news about elections for so many months now. It started because, um, you know, it it started longer ago than most elections because uh, of all the the excitement about the primaries. You know, I don't remember in past elections there being that much excitement about past primaries. You know, people pretty much knew um, who was likely to win. I mean, yes, I guess there was when it was between Obama and Hillary. But this, is, this has been because between now, between um, for the Democratic Convention, the uh, fight between Hillary and, Sa- and uh, Bernie Sanders, that was quite lively. <laughs> so that, that made a lot of news. And then um, the fact that there were 17 people being considered for the Republican uh, nomination, you know, that was certainly news in itself, and that was exhausting. So when you think about, you know, it's like we've been in a war zone for over a year, I guess. I can't even remember when it started. But, um, but it has been like a war zone because uh, the candidates this time around have been particularly, um, <laughs> particularly warring, and um, that is, in itself is just very stressful. I mean, aside from the fact that you uh, want your candidate to win and, um, you know, it's, there's anxiety, of course, about wanting to make sure that your candidate wins. And then there's all the arguments that people are having. I mean, you know, I don't know what you, 
what it's been like for you, but there are certainly people who have been arguing with their coworkers, with their family, with their friends. There are a lot of friendships that have broken up because of this election. There are people, for example, who, uh, friends who decided to get back together who hadn't seen each other for a while and they were so excited to get back together and they were chatting, catching up, and then uh, the, t- the conversation turned to politics. And uh, all of a sudden, it didn't become quite so friendly. So the thing that you need to remember is that you're going to still want to have a good relationship with your family and with your friends and with your coworkers when this election is over, which is in a week. So, um, so we all need to calm down. And now, during today's show, I'm going to first of all tell you what the, I'm going to analyze the latest thing that has caused a lot of stress, the latest news that has caused a lot of stress. And um, I'm then going to spend the second half of the show, or um, last part of the show, giving you stress busters, telling you what you can do to try to um, feel less stressed out and to stop ruining relationships and... Um, also to start thinking about what you're going to do when the election is over. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be amazing. As much as we're stressed out by all of this, there is also going to be quite a void when uh, the election is over and, um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to be rushing home or looking at your, at your phone for the latest polls or rushing home to watch television or whatever it is that you do um, to try to you know get the update. I mean, how many times? How many times do you look at the poll numbers every day? I, I'll admit I look at them pretty frequently, and and of course it's also frustrating because it's so uh, up to interpretation of who actually is um, whose poll it is. I mean, you know that's that's another part that's really stressful that we have learned. No matter who you want to vote for, and I'm going to try to make today's show. Not um, from. <laughs> I'm going to try not to express my views, <laughs> my political inclinations on today's show. So all of you who are worried about that, don't worry about it. I will try. I will try uh, to contain myself. But um, uh, you know, no matter what side you're on, um, just the fact that you know, the fact that it's been really difficult to. Uh, see that the media, I mean, even matter, no matter who you want to vote for, you will have to admit that the media um, has been really anti-Trump. And I think that that's something that should, never before have they been anti-one candidate as much as they have been in this election. And that is something that should worry everybody, no matter what side you're on. Because, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, um, we were always taught that the media was supposed to be unbiased and that you could, they were supposed to um, present both sides of the issue and then you could make up your own mind. Now, yes, granted, there are certain stations that are, you know, you know are pro one way or the other, but, but this is, you know, the whole media. So it's like when I go to, to look up the polls, I, you know, I look up um, what, what, who is putting it out. And um, it really is worrying, and that is stressful. Again, no matter, I mean, you, you, I think we all find that stressful, that we can't count on the media to be unbiased and to tell us the truth. So I'm going to talk about the psychological impact now of the latest um, news that has come out, the thing that has been an election disruptor. <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell you, before, 
before I, I get into that, uh, one of the things that is very stressful, I don't know if you've been thinking about this, but I have, um, we know that uh, there's, well, there's been, there's been a lot, and actually I did a show in which I talked about this some with my guests. Um, there's been a lot said about whether the election could be hacked or whether it could be rigged. And so the question is, after Election Day, is everyone, and no matter who wins, is everyone, meaning presumably uh, the parties, are the parties going to accept what the results are? Or is there going to be a huge um, revolution, a huge uh, call for an investigation? Is this going to drag on forever? Um, you, you know, it might not be over when it's over. And that's something that kind of concerns me, especially since people have gotten so uh, pumped up or so... I mean, it's one thing to be pumped up, I guess, and it's another thing to be pumped up in an aggressive manner. And it is a little concerning that, um, that when the results come out, again, no matter who wins, um, there is, there's going to be a, a, a reluctance to accept the uh, the the verdict, the, you know, the the count that night next Tuesday. Well, anyhow, let me back up and um, talk a little bit about the the biggest thing that's been in the news since this past Friday, and that, of course, is this the the investigation of Anthony Weiner's um, computer and. Um, the new emails, I, I'm, I'm stalling to not say the word email because I know when, <laughs> myself included, when you hear the word email, it's like we, we want to just uh, stop listening or stop reading uh, because our eyes glaze over because we've been hearing about emails for months and then in the end nothing really much came out of it. Well, except last Friday, uh, this is a whole new slant to the emails, and I think the reason why people are paying more attention is because, um, is because, well, first of all, because it came from Anthony Weiner's computer, and who is Anthony Weiner? For anyone who has been under a rock, um, Anthony Weiner is the former congressman who has gotten in trouble over in recent years for sexting. Uh, particularly this most recent time when he was sexting while he was lying in bed with his four- or five-year-old son. And um, that, of course, is incredibly inappropriate, and I um, have talked about this before on the show. So, okay, so the government, the FBI, is doing a, an investigation, has been doing an investigation of his computer to for his uh, criminal case, in other words, to see what, Charges can be, should be levied against him. And um, uh, that, that has been going on. And in the process of that, they stumbled, the FBI stumbled across some emails that were uh, put there by uh, Anthony Weiner's wife, who is Abu Ahmadin. Um, and uh, because, you know, that's his wife, Huma Abedin. What did I say? Abu. <laughs> okay, we'll let that slip go. Huma Abedin. And she is, is Anthony Weiner's wife, although not for long because she recently filed for divorce after this last sexting scandal. And 
um, somehow her emails um, wound up on his computer. Now, uh, my personal opinion about that is that uh, I think she did that on purpose that she put the most damaging compute, the most damaging emails, the emails between her and Hillary or her to other people about Hillary um, on his computer, hoping that if anybody was doing any investigation, they would be more likely to first come upon her computer rather than his. And in fact, she was asked to turn over her computers and all her cell phones and any kind of digital uh, device where there could be emails. And she <laughs> told the FBI and the people who were investigating her at the time that they were investigating Hillary's emails, she swore under oath that she knew of no other emails uh, other than the, the, um, the devices that she gave over to her lawyers and she counted on them to give the investigators the appropriate emails. Well, apparently, um, she, well, she didn't, not apparently, she didn't give them her husband's computer, um, perhaps, perhaps because she knew that there would be some sexting things in there and she didn't want to get him in trouble, or more likely because um, she put the most damaging emails on his computer. So this was a big announcement on Friday, this past Friday, by the FBI director, James Comey, and he said, he wrote a letter to Congress um, and said something like, I mean, depending, again, this has been reported differently in different uh, reports, but essentially he said emails, that they found emails that appear to be pertinent or that may appear to be pertinent or words to that effect. Now, unfortunately, the FBI agents who had been investigating uh, Anthony Weiner's computer and had, they had found these emails these possibly pertinent emails, actually a lot earlier, in fact, at the beginning of October, but they just didn't tell their director about it. And, of course, you know, of course, one has to wonder why that is and what political issues cause them to not tell him much earlier, because now James Comey is getting a lot of flack for reporting this last Friday, which is so close to the election. I personally give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I think that that was a very brave move because it could be, it could in the end be um, a career suicide because a lot of people are angry at him. Well, you know, particularly Democrats are angry at him for releasing this and making people be suspicious about what, what these emails have in them and could they have something that would actually um, make the government charge Hillary criminally. And, you know, and of course, you know, that's, uh, then we have to go to, well, what if uh, there is something in there? And what if this was discovered uh, after the election? And what if she was elected? And then they discover uh, in these emails that there is enough to charge her criminally for, um, for what she, for being careless and what she wrote in there and all of that which, you know, would, again, put this, this another way that this country is going to be thrown into chaos, at, even after the election. So um, what impact is all of this having? You know, and then the number of emails, there have been different, again, different reports uh, from 10,000 new emails to 650,000 new emails, and these may include some of the 33,000 mysteriously missing emails. Hillary's mysteriously missing emails. So, so um, 
you know, this is all throw, throwing a monkey wrench into the, into the election at this point. And the problem is that um, James Comey and the FBI are saying that they're going as quickly as they can to try to read all these emails, you know, to sort through them, to try to see whether there is anything bad or not. And, uh, you know, but it's a lot of emails. Well, really, um, other people are saying that they would, should be able, should have been able to do it more quickly. And certainly if they discovered these at the beginning of October, if some of the agents had discovered these, they should have been combing through them since then and should have told their director about it. So, again, what is the psychological impact of all of this? Well, the psychological impact on Hillary is that... Um, it's a lot of stress. And, uh, you know, when, when anybody has stress, just like all of us having elect, election stress, um, it is not good for our health, for our physical health as well as our mental health. And what it does is uh, make, you know, it can cause things to come out like colds or the flu. It, it, it decreases. One of the things that stress does to your body is it decreases your immune system. And so... Um, if your immune system is, is lowered, that can give you, make you more susceptible to all kinds of things from colds to cancer. I mean, cancer doesn't just pop out overnight. But, you know, if one is stressed over a long period of time, and then, of course, you know about ulcers and, and um, uh, bringing on an asthma attack. I mean, there, is, there are so many. It, it's basically what your body, what part of your body is vulnerable and then when its immune system is lowered, then what comes out? So for all of the various illnesses that Hillary uh, has from her uh, post-concussive syndrome to her blood clots and so on, um, the stress of this, these mysterious new emails could cause uh, an episode of one of her, one or more of her illnesses to show themselves like what happened on 9-11 when um, she fainted from, supposedly from pneumonia. So, uh, so that's one thing. And I was just thinking today that it's not just the stress of the emails on her, but she's redoubling her, since now she realizes it's not going to be a slam dunk, that she's not going to win in a slam dunk, she is stepping up her efforts to campaign, which is also, of course, putting a lot of stress on her. So that's, that's what's happening with Hillary. With Trump, with Trump, we're going to have to take a break in a minute. Um, with Trump, of course, he's, you know, uh, elated, and he has, uh, he's gotten a second wind, and he has just put in $10 million into, from his own, of his own money into the campaign. And um, he's talking about having renewed faith in the U.S. government because the FBI director is, is not just, you know, throwing these emails under the rug, um, but they are doing an investigation. And, um, and well, I, I know we need to take a break, so I will stop now and come back with more about what, what other psychological impact this is having on the American public uh, and on uh, Huma Abedin and on Anthony Weiner. And then I will, I promise, um, in the second half of the show, give you some uh, un. The, uh, infallible stress busters. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talking with you today about election stress syndrome, I think we've pretty much all got it. Uh, It's not just about fighting with people, promoting your own candidate, the one you want to win, but it's also about having to question institutions that we took for granted were going to be unbiased and were going to protect us. I had talked about the media earlier uh, that is turning out to be very biased, and now then I mentioned about the FBI, and also um, the um, judicial department. There's a fight between the FBI and the judicial department, um, because they, as to whether or not these emails should have been, uh, whether it should have been announced, whether this letter should have gone to Congress from the FBI director that there was going to be this new investigation or a reopening of the old investigation or a continuing of the investigation into Hillary's emails, depending upon what you're reading or hearing. <laughs> Again, very different stories. Um, but uh so i was i was talking about um the psychological impact on all the key players and you um, and uh i was talking about trump and his renewed you know and his second win that he's getting and uh, feeling more hopeful that he's going to win and what's interesting about that is um that it is making him less narcissistic. He's really at his best now because, you know, yes, he's narcissistic. <laughs> I've never denied that. And when um, people went at him, as you've seen all along uh, in the campaign, when people went at him uh, from Hillary in the debates to um, people even in the primaries when he had to stand up against other uh, Republicans trying to become the nominee, um, or just anybody, actually it could be anybody, um, he becomes defensive when people, you know, give him a narcissistic wound. In other words, um, say some, criticize him in a very negative way. So now that he's kind of feeling a little more buoyed, um, you know, and hopeful, uh, he, 
he's not as defensive, and that, you know, is putting him at his best. Um, also, the, I mean, he also was, had, there were also even Republicans turning against him, which I find really reprehensible, whether you're a Republican or a Democratic. Um, if you have a nominee and you're, and you're uh, committed to your party, uh, I think you need to stand behind them. So, um, so you know, understandably, he was upset about people in his own party who came out um, against him. Although they're beginning to talk about how they voted for him, <laughs> they're not necessarily campaigning for them. But Paul Ryan today just came out and said and said that he voted for Trump, but he's not campaigning for him. Um, what impact is this having, or what does this reveal about the marriage between Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner? That's, I, you know, as the world turns, um, that is interesting. We, um, you know, um, Huma Abedin obviously uh, didn't didn't take into consideration, as I was mentioning, that he had a history of sexting and that his computer was potentially a likely place that people would look, that investigators would look, um, because he would be likely to get in trouble again. But I guess maybe she figured that these emails were safer still on his computer than on her own. Um, perhaps another way to look at this is that maybe this is what Anthony Weiner had over her and this was his way of making her stay with him despite his bad boy behavior. Of course, then she filed for divorce um, recently after the last sexting scandal. And now, you know, he obviously that wasn't enough to hold over her if, in fact, he was doing that in the first place. Um, so he kind of has nothing to lose by these emails coming out. Um, you know, I think on the one hand, you could say, okay, Anthony Weiner is in the news again, and when people report about him, you know, it's all, it, it brings up all the sexting again. But, you know, um, yeah, he's humiliated again, but how much more humiliated can he be? I mean, this has happened time and time again. It's been all over the news, not just national news in America, but international news. I mean, that's the thing. Um, sexting, anything to do with sex, Freud said this a hundred years ago, that sex and violence are our instincts, um, that we have a, uh, you know, and, and what's supposed to happen is that when children grow up with these inborn drives, uh, sex, the sex drive is supposed to be connected to love. Your children, little children are supposed to learn to connect the sex drive with love, and they're supposed to learn to connect the um, violence drive not to actually be violent, but to be ambitious, to turn that into, to, to, in other words, to, to turn these um, instincts to make something healthy out of them. But in any case, as Freud said, you know, that is, that's what uh, sells tickets. I mean, that's what we are, that's what piques our interest, excites us more than anything else. And so when, when, so Hillary's emails became much less interesting, especially, you know, time for month upon month upon month. Um, and then when Trump's locker room talk, or whatever you want to call it, and these women who came out against him, um, when that happened, then, um, 
that was a lot more sexy than Hillary's email. So, of course, everyone was paying more attention to that. And now Anthony Weiner is back in the news and all these, you know, uh, people can't help themselves, including myself, <laughs> making jokes about Weiner. You know, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if a Weiner is what determined amazing? <laughs> wouldn't it be tragic if a Weiner is what determined uh, the results of um, <laughs> our, our probably most important election? So, uh, so, so yes, those kinds of jokes can't help but be made, and so this is what's in the news. So I think, actually, rather than Anthony Weiner being upset about this, I think, uh, you know, I, I, he hasn't been really going out in public, but I think if we could see him, he would look like the cat that ate the canary, because now the focus is off of him somewhat, um, and it is on to his wife, because it's all about her emails. Uh, yes, of course, they got there because of his sexting, but it's her emails. And then I think, quite frankly, that he's angry at his wife, and he's glad to see her go down because um, she filed for divorce. And uh, I think he gets some pleasure out of seeing her be in trouble. <laughs> you know, he was the bad boy, and now she's the bad girl. And I think that he there is some satisfaction in that. And that satisfaction can have some very practical consequences because there's going to be a, a real battle over custody. And um, he was not looking too good as far as that you know, was concerned, as far as his chances of getting a lot of custody, especially because this last sexting, as I said, uh, inc- was done when he was lying in bed with his son. So, you know, that <laughs> a judge would not like that very much. But now, um, with all of this... Uh, brouhaha about um, Huma and you know in fact if she if they can prove that she knew that if she lied uh, you know when she said under penalty of perjury that she had given them all her emails and all her devices that emails were on um, she could be looking at jail time herself so you know this I hate to tell you folks, but this, as much stress as we're feeling now, um, this is not, this is not over. It's not going to be over next Tuesday. I mean, I, well, I mean, not all of it. Hopefully, uh, you know, if, if, if one of the candidates wins by a landslide and there doesn't really seem to be much to be able to argue about or, can, or question in terms of whether, you know, no hanging chads like in a prior election, then yes, it'll be over if it's, you know, a clear winner again and, and there's really no way to try to uh, investigate or prove. I mean, you can always investigate, but there's no, the, the party who lost doesn't think there's a way to prove that it was rigged. Then the pres- then we'll have a president, but but if these emails have something damaging in it, and if Hillary wins, we might not have a president, or we might have a vice president that becomes a president, and then we might have a whole questioning of the election and whether there should be a re-election. I mean, it could be a mess, but but I'm supposed to be calming. <laughs> I'm supposed to be calming your election stress. I'm not doing a great job of it, I'll tell you. Um, then what else is there? I just want to make sure that I talked all about uh, the key players. And uh, there is um, uh, there was a quote from there was an interview done by a, a 
uh, previous, a former New York head of the FBI. And um, he, he was saying that this time, you know, this was after the announcement on Friday, he said that this investigation of the new, newly found emails are, are you know, maybe going to be uh, or the real investigation because he was claiming that the previous investi- investigation wasn't real because there was no grand jury and there were a lot of other things that you're supposed to have in a real investigation. So the bottom line is that our country is so divided politically and so pretty much equally divided that, um, and people feel understandably so strongly uh, about the outcome of this election that... Um, that it's going to be hard to just kind of calm down and and not still have some of these issues percolating afterwards. But um, but we'll see. You know, I mean, the the key one of the key things to do. Uh, now I'm getting in. I'm I'm going. I'm heading towards making a transition towards the how to have less. How to cure your election stress syndrome? I'm getting into the uh, relaxation part of this. I was like, I think I, I think I thought about all the different things that I wanted to say that um, that relates to this the current controversy. So now, don't you feel better though that I analyzed all of this and put things in perspective? And um, we still one of the things that we need to do to try to curb election stress is to keep in our routine, um, keep to the same routine as far as going to work, going to school, um, cleaning your house, whatever it is that you do, keep doing it. And, um, and, and we need to find you know, other things to add to that. But one of the key things is to not disrupt your routine very much um, unless... You, you are volunteering for one of the parties and you are campaigning and that's great. I, I would encourage, uh, everybody to, um, to do whatever you can to volunteer for your side, which, you know, whatever party that is. And you see, that's the thing. The people who are campaigning, and, and I know this from, um, from meeting them at, uh, the debates, um, people who are actively campaigning and doing things, in some ways they have less stress than the average person who is just sitting home and watching this stuff on television because they are out there doing something about it. And if their candidate doesn't win, at least they can feel that they did all they could to try to get their candidate to win and um, to try to help their candidate win. And there's something really um, calming about that or, or satisfying about that. And so, uh, again, not, not, I'm not encouraging anyone to do anything violent or have any violent picket lines or uh, anything like that, but doing, you know, the calling or the um, driving people to the polls to vote or, you know, you just, all you have to do is call up your party and in the office closest to where you live, and I can assure you they will have things to give you to do um, between now and Election Day. So I think that would be, um, if, you know, if, in terms of breaking your routine, if you wanted to do something like that, I think you would find that very satisfying. Now, one of the things that election stress 
syndrome has caused. Um, and, and by the way, I was talking about Hillary and the stress, the physical, you know, all the physical problems that stress can bring out that also work for us. Um, you know, so one of the main things that you need to do is to uh, get enough sleep and to, you know, don't stay up till 2 in the morning waiting to see what the latest polls have to say. A lot of people are doing that. They, it's like an addiction. We have become addicted. You know, it is like a, a, a soap opera addiction because, um, because we can't, uh, you know, because things change. I mean, for a, for a long while they weren't changing, and then this just happened and, and you know, kind of stirred things up again. Um, but one of the things, so, so you really have to take care of yourself physically. That's sort of number one, uh, getting enough sleep, taking vitamins, um, eating well, and and that's yes, I want to talk about that. Have you put on pounds since this election started? Um, I have put on some pounds, and it's um, it's comfort food. Of course, I have other reasons for putting on pounds. I'm sitting here finishing up my book, which is going to be out any any day, um, and uh, so um, so when I sit in front of my computer and do that, then. Um, you know, needless to say, just sitting at your computer doesn't, uh, you know, isn't the right thing to do for, uh, you need to be getting enough exercise, period. So, so but, but besides that, I mean, but people really are, whenever anyone feels stressed, they, they go for comfort food. And, um, and that is, I, I have observed, actually, I have observed a number of people that that seems to be, um, that seems to explain what they have resorted to. Um, so, so if, think about what you've been eating in the last week or more, and um, think about perhaps not, uh, you know, working on curbing that. I mean, first, just you have to pay attention to it, and then, um, then you can start thinking about. Don't wait until next Tuesday, till till election day, to uh, to put to go on a diet. Um, you need to watch that now and and start taking, <laughs> start weaning yourself away from the ice cream and chocolate and um, spaghetti and whatever else it is that you go to for comfort food. Well, we have to take another break. Um, I will be back with some specific suggestions that you can use. Um, and so keep, you, you may want to uh, keep a pen and pencil handy and write some of these things down. All right. Uh, we're taking a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. 
She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at one 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today about election stress syndrome, all the different things that it could be doing to you. Um, We're a week away now from the election, and um, you need to really take a look at yourself, uh, not just, you know, the polls and see what impact this has all been having on you, on your health, your physical and psychological health. Um, there, This has been a particularly uh, negative and fierce campaign, um, and it, uh, it is taking its toll, especially, you know, there have been times when each one of them has been up, and that's made you root, you know, that's made you happy if you were rooting for that person, and then when that person went down, you know, it's so like we've been on a roller coaster, basically. Um, now, there's an interesting, an interesting uh, story about a man named Kevin Burns, who is an employment lawyer in Washington, D.C., and he says that he is so dismayed by both Trump and Clinton that he sometimes yells at the TV while watching campaign news. Um, and he puts it in an interesting way. He, say, he told his therapist, to me it's like having two alcoholic parents, which I had, he's saying, which he had, not me, um, fighting at dinner time, and the kids never get fed. In other words, he had two alcoholic parents. They used to fight at the dinner time, and the kids never get got fed. And um, he's comparing that to Hillary and Trump. And it's kind, of, you know, it's it's a very good metaphor because it's like we're not we the American people are not getting fed. We're not getting our needs met um, while all this arguing is going on. And um, in fact, where things are coming up that are making us. Uh, feel less trusting of basic things in our society, as I was saying, like the media and the government, you know, the FBI fighting with the Justice Department and all of that. Um, So, you know, we're feeling insecure, and the key thing here is that while this is all going on in our country and we're focused on this, um, there are still, I hate to tell you, there are still terrorists out there, folks, um, who who are still planning to come in and take over the United States and create havoc, uh, more havoc. And, um, and we need someone who's going to be um, protecting this country. In the meantime, they're just kind of calling each other bad names and, and 
and uh, and making and telling us that you know we would be uh, in deep trouble if the other one got elected. Now there was a poll that was released in late September. And 70% of the poll, another poll, not about the candidates, but 70% of the voters believe that the election is bringing out the worst in people, um, in, in, making, you know, in, in making people crazy, basically. And um, during the first week of that month of September, there, the Google search for how to move to Canada spiked dramatically. Isn't that interesting that um, there would be so many people who would actually consider, I mean, I mean, not that that's so amazing or so ridiculous, but I mean, this is really, um, this has really been having a, a huge effect more than previous elections. Uh, so here are some of the stress busters that I would like to put forth. Um, first of all, you can ask, especially this, this last week, this is going to be the toughest, so ask your relatives and friends to commit to a ban on election talk. Um, your relatives, friends, and coworkers to commit to a ban on election talk. If anybody starts talking about the election, tell them, you can say, I want to keep your friendship, or I want to keep working with you, or I want to keep, uh, we're still a family, and let's not talk about the election. I mean, it really is hard for people to not stop talking about it, though, because everybody wants to make their point about how bad the other guy is. Um, but long after the election results are in, we still need to have good relationships with these people. So you need to put a stop now to any damage that your arguments have caused, and you need to try to repair the damage. Then you can go on, you should go on a political news diet. Um, you don't need to keep watching, listening to news 24-7, as I was saying before, seeing what new poll had to say. Um, and typically, there's only one breaking news story a day about each candidate that gets repeated endlessly on all media. Media, So you only have to hear it once to satisfy your curiosity. You don't have to keep hearing it. Plus, you should put a um, stop all media consumption about the election close to bedtime because that will keep you up. Um, some of the people that you've been fighting with, instead of, you know, harboring grudges, think about commonalities that you have with them. Think about things that you like about them um, and try to put their views about the election aside. That would include me, by the way. <laughs> I know I've really pissed off some of you um, because of all my pro-Trump guests and all of that uh, and my own commentaries. But um, so... <laughs> So please uh, think about all the things you like about me and, and don't stop listening. Then, of course, you can do meditation. Um, you know, that's always a good thing to do uh, when you're, you know, to try to get peace in general, not just during election time. That's always something good to incorporate into your life. And then um, spend time in an isolated spot where there's no TV or radio reception. So a good time to do that would be this coming weekend, for example, because you know, you know, it's just going to get heated, everything between now and next Tuesday. 
So if you if you can't manage a safari in Africa, you can at least find a nice cabin in the woods where you will be cut off from media. I mean, yeah, even if, you, if you're really brave, you could find one where you don't get cell reception. And so you won't be tempted to um, listen to anything or, you know, hear anything, watch anything, and um, just enjoy nature. Now, I've been, um, I want to give out my, I always forget to do this, my Twitter handle, well, I don't always, but I should be reminding people or telling new listeners every week. My Twitter handle is at Dr. Carol MD, which is at Dr. Carol C A R O L E M D, and um, because I've been tweeting, I started, I started a little while ago, um, and I've been yeah, every day I tweet a um, an election stress tip. A tip to cure election stress. So I started out by saying, do one new thing every day to relax. Um, this is a Sunday when I started and wrote this one. Um, I wrote, take a walk to pick or buy fresh flowers, give some away, and keep some uh, for yourself. Oh, give some away and keep some from your home. Yes, I'm trying to read my, <laughs> um, you know, all the little ways that you shorten things for Twitter. But anyhow, um, why don't you plan to do that? I mean, walking in general is a good de-stressor. And then if you take a walk but with a, with a, um, uh, a goal to pick fresh flowers or if there's nowhere near you to pick fresh flowers, and I don't mean the lawn of your neighbor, <laughs> then go walk to the store and buy fresh flowers. Put them around your home. Give, them, give some away on your way home and then put the rest around your home. Another um, tip is to start the work week by, or you can, uh, today is kind of the beginning of the work week, you can do it any day really, by apologizing to your coworkers and clients for arguments you began to promote your politics. So, you know, surely at the water cooler you've gotten in, into uh, heated discussions um, a bit with people. So it was coworkers and clients. It's not good to do it with your clients. Um, so now would be a good time to apologize. You know, it really has more effect if you apologize now rather than waiting until next Tuesday after the election is over. Um, choose, let's see, choose an issue that you feel the most strongly about um, and make it happen yourself. Uh, commit to making it happen yourself. Regardless of, in other words, if your candidate didn't get in and you, so you can't count on them doing it, pick the, the issue that you feel most strongly about and you make it happen. You can start a petition. You can join chat rooms. You can join an organization. You can uh, contact Congress, uh, people in Congress and write letters or emails and express your opinions. You know, you can always find a group that uh, has your opinion on whatever the issue is and join that and work towards making that one thing happen, the thing you thought was the most important. Then um, plan for election night. You have a, It's a week away. Plan now to be with people who voted like you so you can cheer together or cry together and avoid arguments. I mean, can you imagine if you're in a group... <laughs> Where some of you voted for one and some of you voted for the other, that that is not going to be fun. 
that's not going to be um, a good place to be. I mean, you, that, that's, that's a, da- a risky thing to do. Do you ever stumble up over the words? You know when you're like at a game or at a concert and they uh, play the Star Spangled Banner um, at the beginning? Do you ever stumble over the words to the national anthem? Print out the words and relearn them and sing them in the shower or, your, or in your car. Um, that's, that will, you know, that's a, oh, a stress-busting thing that'll make you, you know, feel more patriotic and, and remember all the wonderful things about this country, and it will survive. Then um, mix election news with lighter fare. Uh, if you're, you know, if you want to keep watching or listening to the news um, or, you know, going on the Internet, um, spread it out. I mean, don't just read stuff about the election. Read silly stuff. <laughs> um, like, you know, when I wrote, when I tweeted about this, I wrote like Kylie Jenner and plastic surgery because I had been quoted in an article about that. And so I post, paste, posted that on the tweet. And um, that was a good example of lighter news. Then um, on Saturday, after the, the day after the director of the FBI made this announcement about the new emails, I tweeted, take a breath and hope the founding fathers checks and balances like the FBI will do the right thing and keep our country honest. And then this past Sunday, I wrote, have... Uh, have a Sunday fun day with an old friend and abstain from talking politics. Then yesterday on Halloween, I wrote, I tweeted, dress up as your favorite candidate for Halloween and do random acts of kindness. Don't be a creepy clown. And last but not least, today, (laughs) I tweeted, um, the morning after Halloween, wait a minute, um, Give yourself a morning after Halloween, uh, or I, it's the morning after Halloween. Treat yourself and coworkers to candy that's now on sale and feel like kids again. Bootyful, B-O-O dash T-I-F-U-L. Yes, a little corny, but I'm trying to, uh, trying to make people smile. So in other words, because the day after Halloween, all the hollow the stores are, you know, stuck with Halloween candy, and so it's on sale, and so this is a good day. You can still do it, folks. Um, why don't you go to the store on your lunch break or after work or whatever you're doing, go buy up some of this uh, Halloween candy on sale and spread it amongst your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, anybody who, can, who you can spread it against. Make people smile. I mean, that's the key. The key to, the, to uh, staying sane with all this election craziness that's going on around us. One important um, key uh, thing to do, tip, cure, whatever you want to call it, is to not lose your sense of humor and to um, do something for other people and to make other people smile. So I hope I've made you smile today. All of you, some of you out there are sighing a sigh of relief that I was not on my soapbox. And hey, after the election, chances are if um, whatever, you know, whoever wins and if, it, if, if the election results are accepted and if there isn't more brouhaha, um, or even if there is, 
Uh, at least you won't hear me, um, you know, trying to get out the votes for my candidate. That will be that will be something for you to smile about. <laughs> so thank you all for listening. Just vote. I want to leave you with this thought: whoever you are going to vote for, I mean, the really important thing is you can't you can't say to yourself like some people are saying, and and hopefully they'll they won't follow through with this, but you can't say. Um, I don't like either one of them, so I'm not going to vote. That's very immature. <laughs> and um, if you, the candidate that you want to win doesn't, you only have yourself to blame. So I'll talk to you next week. Tune in next week. In the meantime, go to my Twitter um, uh, page, at Dr. Carol MD. I'll see you, talk to you next week, and uh, have a good week. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 